Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Well, good morning. It is good to see you guys. Y'all having a good weekend? Awesome. Three people having a good weekend. <laughs> no, it is great to see you guys. You know what? We are beginning a brand new series today called Breakthrough 2020, and I'm super excited about uh, starting this brand new series today, and we're just excited about a new year, amen? I want to ask you to grab your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen, and uh, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. Uh, as you're turning there, as you can uh, tell and just look around, we are completely full. We are also in overflow out in the foyer, and I want to just thank those of you that are sitting out in the overflow. Thank you so much for sitting out there, and um, you know, this is a great problem to have, amen? Uh, it gives me an opportunity to, to invite you to Saturday night service. We have two services on Saturday night. We've got a 4 o'clock, 5.30. And you know what's so funny about Saturday night? Uh, so many people that I've talked to that start going on Saturday nights love it so much. They were like, you know what? I love it so much I never want to go on Sunday. And so I would encourage you to try it. And if you're able to with your schedule to move over on Saturday night, uh, would help us tremendously. Uh, 11 o'clock, 9.30 and 11 o'clock is our number one service that uh, new guests visit. And so it just allows us to make uh, space, make room for all the people that are coming. And again, this is a great problem to have. We're exciting, excited about what God is doing. Um, I, I want to read this scripture to you. It says this. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. Y'all ready? All right. So David went to Baal, Perizim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. Of water. Therefore, he called the name of the place Baal, Perizim. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these next few moments. Thank you, Lord, that, God, we have the opportunity to be here in church and hear your word. And, Lord, I know that we did not come out today just to say we went to church. We need you to speak into our lives. And, Father, would you open our hearts today for us to receive what you want to speak into us? God, would you give us a fresh vision in our life for 2020? God, help us to see things that we have never seen before. We thank you for this. And everyone said, amen, amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, tell them you look better than you did last year. Make their day. You look better than you did last year. You know, um, I wasn't here last weekend, but I heard it was awesome. And... Um, it was a message on prayer and fasting, and I want to encourage you to go online and listen to it. A powerful, powerful message on prayer and fasting. But since I wasn't here last 
weekend and didn't get to tell you Happy New Year, I do want to start today by saying Happy New Year. I'm excited about the fact that it's a new year and it's an opportunity to see some new things to happen in our life. And uh, let me begin, you know, whenever you start a brand new year, one of the things that always happens, we always set resolutions. We are like 12 days into it. We're excited. How many of y'all made a New Year's resolution and you are pumped about it? Raise your hand up high. Come on, everybody. Let's participate. Y'all, some of y'all not playing today. We're going to be here till one o'clock. Um, um, you know, a lot of us, some of y'all don't want to raise your hand because 12 days into it, you've already broken it. <laughs> you already like, you had all these awesome like goals and awesome resolutions that you were going to like, man, this is the year of change, the new me, and I'm going to change in 12 days into it, you are already off. And it's a real struggle. It's a struggle because we kind of cycle back and forth. It's been always a struggle for me. I'm like you. I, I, I want to change. And even this year at Christmas, and how many of you ate way too much at Christmas? Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I know Thanksgiving we're supposed to really eat, but like it's at Christmas, it's like baby Jesus, it's his birthday. And at birthdays, you're supposed to eat cake and, and candy. So like, it's like free for all. And I ate too much. And I told my wife going into Christmas, I was like, babe, soon as we celebrate Christmas, right after that Christmas morning, I'm ready to start this brand new like focus and like my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to take care of this. Like I'm not going to eat any more candy, like all this sugar, no sugar is going to touch my lips. And I was excited about this and I was telling my wife and about it. And, and then uh, on Christmas morning, we uh, got up and we went to Nashville. And how many of you know it's hard to serve the Lord in Nashville? Like, if you're trying to serve God, you don't go to Nashville. Why? Because, like, they have southern food. And I'm ashamed to tell you that the moment we got off the plane, like, we didn't even have to think. We got in our car, and we headed straight to this diner called Loveless Cafe. And I'm telling you, there was, like, demonic forces around that restaurant. The devil was all over that place. I walked in and the temptations were so powerful. Like, you know, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, I'm telling you, isn't that good? I'm telling you, the devil is like, it's like crazy. You know, you go to a Mexican restaurant, they give you chips and salsa. You go to this place, they give you these cute little, nice little plates with four little biscuits. And what's so cool is that if you'll eat all four biscuits, they bring you another little plate of biscuits. <laughs> and then if you eat it again, they'll bring you another cute little plate with four little biscuits that are hot and you put the butter on it. And the, like, it's just awesome. But it's like the enemy attacks you and you, you're sitting there and you're like, I, I know I, I tried really hard, but I couldn't do it. And so I ordered like, like you know, chicken and waffles. And we were just like, eating like, we didn't just eat dirty. We ate nasty. <laughs> like, we just were like crazy. I was like, babe, I don't think I can move from the table. I was so full. We got up, got in the car, and we were driving off, and I was like, babe, that's it. I'm, I'm really going to try really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whole trip while we were in Nashville, we ate horrible. 
And it's a struggle, and, and I think that's what happens to a lot of us. We set these resolutions and goals, and we're like, boom, bam, I'm changing. And, and then it's just like over and over and over. And some of you, are you don't even want to set a goal or a resolution for a change because you're like, I'm not setting myself up for failure. And so you don't want to do it. And I, I think that a lot of us, this is... This, and we're going to have a picture of it up there on the screen. This kind of represents our life of how we're trying to change. And like, for example, you know, like you are like, this is, and you can go back New Year's resolutions 2015, and you're scratching it off 2016, 2017, and you're using a marker to like changing it each time. Lose weight, you know, I'm going to lose weight this year, and then the next year it's like you're just going to add again because you added more weight. Get fit, you know. It's like, well, next year, because I didn't do it this year, give up alcohol, and you're like, and cigarettes, and then you're like, well, just, I can't give all that up, so I'm just going to drink less. <laughs> Stand up to my boss, and then the next year, it's find a job. <laughs> be nicer to my wife, and next year, it's try to be nicer to my ex-wife. <laughs> That's a sensitive one. Don't laugh too hard. <laughs> sort out junk in, in, in the shed, and you're like, no, next year, it's like, sort out the junk in my life. And we set these, these goals, and what, what happens, again, there's something that happens to us that after a while we just stop believing that anything's going to change in our life, and, and it's just, it's real frustrating. And you think about this, and you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't know, and, and what happens to a lot of us is that we just kind of settle into this deception that the way our life is, is just the way it's going to be. It is what it is. I'm not expecting anything to change, and we kind of, we have all of our excuses and all of our arguments for why we are the way we are at and why our marriage is horrible or why all of these different reasons why. And I want to, I want to tell you something, and if, if, if you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to really lean in or at least act like you're really paying attention in these next few moments. What if there's something else to the reason why you can't change your life? What if there's another reason why good intentions and, and getting all pumped up and going, you know what, I'm, this is my, like I'm gonna change. What if there is something deeper going on in your life that until you address it, you're never going to really experience the change See, I, I, I think that there are a lot of us that we look at certain areas of our life, whether it's an addiction to alcohol or whatever, we could talk a lot about all kinds of stuff. And listen, I'm, y'all may not like this, but I'm going to just say this to you, that whether you're a Christian or non, not Christian, most of us, there's no difference between our life and people that are not Christian. That the same addiction, same struggle, same, all these same all this junk going on in our personal life and, and in our families and all this stuff, and there's, there's got to be something different. And I would just say this to you, listen to me. If, if you have been dealing with the same issue for over 20 years, it is not a struggle that you're just dealing with. It's just like, well, I just struggle with this. If you've been dealing with it for over 20 years, this is not something you struggle with. This is a stronghold in your life. There is a, a stronghold in your life 
I, I know a lot of times we don't like that word or you're like, well, what does that really mean? It just means that you're a prisoner locked by deception. And why, why is that important for us to recognize that? Because see, if we don't recognize it, and we don't see that there's something else that there maybe it's a stronghold, what'll happen is I'll give up on all these other areas because I've already tried. But when I start to get a clear vision in my life or maybe there's something else going on, then all of a sudden I'm not gonna give up on my marriage. When I understand that something maybe else is going on in my son or my daughter's life, there's no way I'm gonna give up on them. See, a lot of us have been so deceived that we really don't believe that we need freedom from those strongholds in our life. And the Jews, the disciples struggled with this same thing. If you want to turn over to John 8, 31. John 8, 31, it says, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you really, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and, and the truth will set you free. In other words, he's speaking to the disciples, and he says, when you know the truth, you're going to be set free. And then, he's, then he answered, they answered him, verse 33, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus had to be kind of scratching his head and thinking about, well, did y'all forget about your ancestors that were enslaved to Egypt for 400 years? Are you not aware that you're slaves right now to the Romans? They didn't believe they needed to be set free. They didn't, need, they didn't believe that they needed freedom from something in their life. And this is what a lot of us as Christians, oftentimes we don't believe that we need freedom from strongholds in our life. And we're convinced of it. But see, until you get to a place that you start to recognize what's going on in my life, and just, I know some of you are like, man, why are we talking about this? But until you start to kind of recognize that maybe there's something else going on in your life, and you start to see there are some strongholds in my life that it, is, it has had a hold of me for over 20 years, and I haven't been able to change it. And see, it is, it is, it's so easy. Again, uh, truth is not easy. And a lot of times, listen to me, um, even this happens in marriages. Do you know your spouse knows you better than anybody else does? And your spouse starts to kind of point out some areas of your life that they say, you know what, this is a struggle. This is, this is bigger than a struggle in your life. This is something that has got a hold of you and it is sabotaging your life. And we get defensive. We want to blame. We want to come up with all the different kinds of reasons or, or even if you're, you're a student and your mom and dad are telling you or, and talking to you about an area of your life, you were like, well, no, everybody else, you know, we all have all these excuses and we don't like the truth. And we love to play the blame game. 
But sometimes somebody's got to come along in our life and tell us this is much bigger than just a little, little thing you're going through. This is, there's something more to it. I want you to watch this video. Really focus in because if you don't really focus, you're going to miss it. Y'all want to see that again? Was that not awesome? How many of y'all, like, like, you were like, oh, my word, that horrible man. This adult going up to this little kid, swatting it down. I don't know if you realize that that was his coach. How many of you, like, like maybe you didn't recognize this little boy was disoriented and he grabs the ball and he's going the, di- the wrong direction and he's going to score on his own goal. And his coach comes out and, 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 and swats that down. How many of y'all want that coach to be your kid's coach? <laughs> like that kid, you know, on that, on that coach's team, nobody's getting a participation award. <laughs> he's serious. You know what, a lot of us, again, I'm, I'm trying to break down, pull back the layers in your life to understand that you need the truth in your life. You need to recognize that, that maybe there's a pull, maybe there's a push that's happening that you don't realize. And listen to me, this takes me to, I want you to write this down today. Number one, there's an invisible world. There is an invisible world. A lot of us don't like that. We don't want to believe in that. But the Bible tells us, let me show you this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Again, note, this is the Apostle Paul writing this to Christians, to the church. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark and dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There's an invisible world, and we don't want to believe it. A great way to describe this is, is, you know, like this is a season for people to, like, all kinds of, like, Viruses are going around, the flu. How many of y'all have you've gotten the flu this year? Raise your hand. We want to, hopefully you didn't get it yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but you know, what's crazy is you can't see the flu. I can't see it, and, and I'm like a little hypochondriac. Why is my wife laughing like that? <laughs> I'm like always, because I always get sick. She never gets sick. I'm always getting sick. I always have the people that come to church and come up to me. And listen, I love all of y'all, but some of y'all come to me and you're like, you know, Pastor Stephen, I barely made it to church. I went to the, to the emergency room and, and, and the doctor said I was running a hot fever and I've got the flu. But bless God, I showed up to church and I just want to hug you because this is God bringing me here today. And I get sick. And one of God's greatest inventions is this. 
I love this stuff. You want to fight the enemy, you get this stuff out. But you know, you can't see the flu. And, and I know we, we, like, we try to do all kinds of stuff. I know we clean our hands. Listen, this hasn't been tested by doctors, but I, it's my own theory. You know, they say that most of the viruses and, and stuff goes through our nose the way we get it. So what you need to do is, is take this right here and you put two on both fingers like this and you put it in your nose. It helps. You want to kill that virus, you just put a little bit on your nose. But, you know, we can't see the flu. It's the same way you cannot see the invisible world that is happening. The next thing I'm going to say under this point, it's going to offend you. I know some of you already are going to get offended, but I'm going to say it anyway. There really are demons. There really are demons. I know some of you are like, Pastor, why are we talking about demons? I brought a friend today. Pastor, I brought a friend today. Don't talk about demons. I need you to be funny a little bit. Tell, me, tell us a mother-in-law thing about, talk about your mother-in-law, make us laugh, let's just have fun. Speaking of mother-in-laws, <laughs> I heard about this guy. This guy's name is George, and he took his whole family. He broke down, took his mother-in-law with him. They went over to the Middle East on vacation and traveled around. They went to Jerusalem, loved it. And while they were in Jerusalem, his mother-in-law passed away, and they were just devastated. And George went to the, the, the American consulate to try to figure out how to get the body back to America to the United States, and he went in there and started talking to the uh, American consulate, and they said, sir, uh, it's really expensive to get the body back to America. It's going to cost you $15,000, a lot of money to, to pay to get, but you, you need to know uh, that most people in the, the American consulate was trying to explain to George, they said, most people, when they pass away in Jerusalem, they just want to be buried in Jerusalem, and you, in fact, could, can be buried for just $150. And George thought about it a long, long time. And then he went back in to the American consulate and he said, under no circumstance do I want to leave the body of my mother-in-law here in Jerusalem. And the consulate looked back at her and he said, well, you must really, really love your mother-in-law. He said, no, it's not that at all. He said, I just heard about a guy that, that died here and they buried him and three days later he rose and I can't afford that. <laughs> So there you go. But demons, and don't connect that with mother-in-laws. I love my mother-in-law, for the record. Uh, demons are real. They are. And I know some of you are like, again, some of you here are skeptics, and you are like, I love Creekwood, and I love coming, but I don't believe in demons, and I don't want to go to church to, to like, I, I, like, let's just talk about other stuff and give me some self-help stuff. And then there's also the super spiritual here that you see a demon in everything. You run out of gas, and you are like, not today, devil. You get a flat, and you're like, not today, devil. We're not getting a flat, and it's because your tires were bald. 
And I just want to encourage you to get in the middle because it's, we need a healthy view of what this is about. There, there is a, an invisible world. There's demons. Let me just read to you 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, as a Christ follower, I, listen, I'm not up here to try to scare you. As a Christ follower, demon, the devil and demons, they can't possess you, but they can influence you. And the stronghold that you have in your life is because you have believed, believed certain truths about yourself. You believed, see, he's the father of lies. There's so many different examples about the influence of, of, of Satan in our life. Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, it, it's not a sin to get angry. But if you carry that anger from day to day to day, it turns into bitterness and then unforgiveness. And then it says, And do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil a foothold in your life. Could it be maybe, and just kind of follow me here today, again, what if what's been happening in your life, what's been happening with your husband, what's been happening with your wife, what's been happening with your daughter, what's been happening with your son, it is because the enemy is attacking them. It's because the demons of hell are trying to sabotage your daughter and your son's life. There's an invisible world. And we are, listen to me, we are in, involved in an invisible war. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. We're, we're in this war. It's a war that we're in. Why would our church do 21 days of prayer and fasting? Is it just because, like, we just want to, like, be a little miserable fasting? Like, I love candy. I've told y'all that a lot of times. I love candy. And, and when, I, when I can't eat candy, and I get grumpy. I love caffeine. When I, when, and again, whatever it is that you're going to fast. And, and it, it's tough. It's not easy. But why would we do this as a church? Why would we take 21 days of prayer and fasting? And as hard as it is, why, why would we do this? It's because there's a war going on. And there's a battle going on for your family. There's a battle going on for your kids. See, listen to me there. It's important for you to understand that when you fast, fasting is a sign to God you're serious about not staying in the condition that you're in. Fasting is shutting down your, your flesh, your body, and saying, my spirit man is going to be in control. My spirit man is going to connect to God and do battle against the attack of the enemy that is coming against my family and coming against my life. 
Do you know that it's important also to understand that breakthroughs never happen to anyone in the Bible who did not seek them? It's a battle. There's demons. There's there's something you don't see. See, I'm trying to awaken something inside of you today. I'm trying to let something inside of you rise up. Because the enemy, you thought it was just that your kids were just kind of crazy and and you thought it was just the school they're in and you thought about putting your kids in homeschool or whatever, I don't know. You thought about locking your daughter or your son up in a room. and, And all along it was the... The enemy pushing your kids back, and each time he's shoving them. All along, it's been your marriage that you say, it's something's happened, happening to us. It's been the enemy that is pushing back your marriage, and he is shoving you. He's getting in your face. He's pushing you. He's pushing you, and he's shoving you, and you need to wake up to that. See, prayer and fasting, listen to me. If we go into this and we just say fasting, oh, great, I'm going to lose some weight. I can't wait. I'm going to fit my favorite blue jeans. And your fasting is is just some little ritual to kind of go through and you pray. There's no power in that. There's something that happens to you when you get enough. See, dads, listen to me. If you were walking along with your little five-year-old daughter or son and you were walking in your neighborhood and some strange man walked up and grabbed your, your kid by the arm and tried to pull them away and pull them in the car, are you just gonna sit back and let them pull your kid in the car and drive off? No, you are gonna come out and start fighting. Ladies, listen to me. If some... Hoochie mama. Some of y'all don't know what a hoochie mama is. You need to ask your parents when you get home. If some hoochie mama comes along and starts messing with your man. Hoochie mama's messing with your man at work and all this stuff. Are you just going to go, well, she's cute and that's fine. No, you're going to walk up to her, pop her in the mouth. I'm kidding. If you want to kick her, that's all right. I'm just kidding. See, I I think we got to get angry. We can't sit back and let the enemy fight and destroy us. This is a spiritual battle, and there are some things that cannot change without prayer and fasting. That this is a, a spiritual warfare. This is why, listen, for 21 days, every single morning, Monday through Friday, this church is going to be open from 7 to 9, and you're going to walk in here, and you're going to see these prayer cards up here. And it's going to break your heart when you walk up, and you grab a couple cards, and you go sit down, and you start reading some of the, like, crazy stuff people are struggling with and going through in their life that, that is like strongholds. My favorite thing of of 21 days of prayer is Monday nights when I see families coming in here with their little five-year-old, four-year-old, 10-year-old kids, and they sit down, and 
their seat and their little daughter runs up here to the front and they grab the little stacks and they go back to their family and they pray together and those kids have no idea what, what the, the needs are but they're watching their mom and dad pray see I, I know this is not something popular for churches to talk about but I want you to understand there's a demonic force coming against your family And there's got to be a roar that comes out of your soul that you say, I will not sit back and let my daughter, my son be destroyed. Listen, if you're a teenager in this place and you're a 16, 17 year old, don't you think for a moment the enemy is trying, not trying to sabotage your life. He's nervous about your future. He's scared to death about who you are going to become. See, listen to me. I'm, I'm trying to land this plane. The enemy has been trying to stop me from the beginning. He didn't want me in the ministry. He's, he's come against my marriage. He's, he's been trying to stop me. He's been trying to stop my marriage, stop my... So listen. Two months after I got married, two months, I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma. A man broke into our home, cut our phone lines, hid inside our house, waited for my wife, sexually assaulted my wife. And you can just say, well, that was just a crazy guy. No, that was demonic. But the enemy didn't let up there. The enemy came against us came against me like a, like, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about it was crazy. I would lay in bed and I would say, God, I don't want to be in the ministry. God, you're not with me. He was feeding me every lie in the world. And there came a moment that God began to show me that the enemy was nervous about where we were going together. The enemy was trying to sabotage Stephen and Thalissa from our future. And it has been the driving force in my life. It is what made me be a youth pastor for 16 years. And I'm here to challenge you to step up these 21 days of prayer and let's stand with people in this church and say, we will fight together. This is gonna be the greatest movement, the greatest spiritual warfare this church has ever seen. I want to pray with you and I want to just ask you to bow your heads for just a few moments. At your seat, there's this card and I, you don't have to put your name on it if you don't want to. Whatever it is, and I know there are so many in this place that you need a breakthrough and or you know somebody that needs a breakthrough. Would you fill this card out? I wanna pray for you. Father, thank you for these moments that you can speak into our life. God, may you open our eyes today, God. May we see the truth, God. We thank you for this in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.